When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com if you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com that's terryryan2020 at gmail.com Gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to another episode of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Glad to be with you again this week and lucky to be with you again this week because this is about, I'm going to say, my 10th shot at this, although I think it's going to work. When I say shot at this, I mean recording an actual podcast. So you all wanted to hear Nasty Morasty, right? I had built that up for a few weeks. And he's here. He's staying in a room just down the hallway from me here in Sudbury. We couldn't pull it off. The hotel, I got to be honest, Radisson, Sudbury, it's the worst Wi-Fi. <clears throat> Shit happens, I guess, right? There's worse. I mean, that's a first world problem if I've ever heard one. First week I was here, I interviewed Dolo, as you know, a few weeks ago, and that was all right. And then I tried to have Nasty last week, and it just kept cutting out. Well, Yesterday, I had Nasty over in my room. I, you know, I, we, we got three minutes in, then we got seven minutes in, and it could just keep shutting down when, when, the, when the Wi-Fi disconnects, which evidently is every five to ten minutes. So anyway, I felt bad even asking him again. So on the, the bad news is that you're not going to get Nasty Morasty. The good news, the good news is that I'm here with Brandon Nolan, who's on his way down from his room. I asked, I told the computer or the... <laughs> I told the, uh, the hotel staff about my problem, about my podcast. They listened. They liked it. Uh, we figured it out that they're, gonna, they're letting me use this business center. And uh, it's the best Wi-Fi in the hotel. So I, 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 suppose, I suppose this will do. Mm. So Brandon, yeah, is in this show, I'm playing... 
Ted Hitchcock, Hitch from Newfoundland, and Brandon is one of the three Jims along with his brother, Jordan, and Nasty Morasty, hence that's why uh, the boys are here in the hotel with me. Anyway, it's been a shit show trying to get this podcast off, and all I got, people, is I got a computer and I got a microphone. Um, even when I get uh, Brandon here today, we're, I, I think I'm going to take the mic out and just use the computer so we can have a conversation. I find it I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to step it up and get like an interface. I can use two mics. One mic is kind of like a hockey net Canada interview. You know what I mean? It's meant to be like five minutes, you know, like passing the mic back and forth. You can't really have a discussion. Ideally something like Joe Rogan. You have a studio, you have a professional setup, two mics, comfortable chair, table, whatever. Right. But I'm a long way from that. A, because I travel so much. B, I've never really needed it, I suppose, but uh, as the show gains popularity, and I appreciate that, it has spurts, but, uh, you know, it seems like we're gaining followers daily. And um, I'm guessing, as just as a indirect result, maybe, maybe uh, you know, that'll increase in, in the spring. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but just one sec. There's Brandon now. Yeah, what's up? I'm in the business center, right at, right at. It's it's just past the uh, fr front desk to the left. Yeah. Okay. So Brandon Nolan, real interesting individual. Um, fuck, is he interesting? So Brandon is Ted Nolan's son, and uh, his brother is Jordan Nolan. We got three Stanley Cups, two with LA and one with uh, St. Louis a few years ago. They're retired now. Like I said, they're here acting. Leaders of the indigenous community. This show is going to be big from that point of view. Lots of diversity on this show, which is great. That was a long time coming, although there's more and more shows coming out every year uh, that seem to be diverse and represent everybody. I'm just lucky to, uh, to be in the industry and meet so many great people. Anyway, uh, Brandon had a pretty good, like solid junior career, point, over a point a game, uh, almost every year at consistent too. And... Um, Went to pro, had ups and downs, but twice 20 goals in the A, not easy. And 07, 08, had 28, 22 goals in 48 games. Am I saying that right? I think it was the other way around, to be honest. We'll ask him when he gets here, um, rather than look it up, old school chat. Uh, but anyway, you know, you get called up for six NHL games, and then I'm led to believe from talking to him in the room it was concussions, but I know he had some injuries. And um, anyway... Unfortunate, yes, but fortunate that he got up to play in the NHL. Like I always say, like Ken Dryden told me, once an NHLer, always an ex-NHLer. So uh, made me feel pretty good about the situation. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Brandon is thankful that he got some NHL games in before uh, he had to call it quits. Mm. Another first world problem, right? NHL games played. Um, and I used to be so stuck up on... Fuck, I should have done better. I should have played longer, which is all probably true. But I was, like I've often talked about, for a couple of years, it really bothered me, but it's come completely full circle. Now I'm fortunate. Hey, B. Now I'm fortunate to, uh, you know, I've played in the NHL looking back. And uh, further and further you get from the late 90s and early 2000s, it becomes just an accomplishment. Like my daughter is 11. She doesn't know any of the adversity. I mean, she does, but I mean, I, I don't dwell on it. it. It's a positive thing in her mind. Her dad played for the Habs, you know, 
And I look at it the same way. Uh, there he is. Yeah, come on in. Pull that up. Okay, so I appreciate it. I told I just I've done a little bit of a preamble. This is the best you're going to get, people. We are in a little bathroom type of room down off the lobby in Sudbury, where there's not much happening right now. COVID broke out. We were going to go to the to the Wolves game tomorrow night, and uh, now uh, that's uh, twelve of them got COVID. The whole place is pretty much shut down. So. Our biggest fucking worry is let's get this show finished. We got three weeks left till it's totally wrapped, two till it's almost wrapped. So um, there are worse problems. But right now we're in a nook, a little cranny in a hotel in a desolate area at the moment. So it feels it feels rather isolated, but maybe that's a good thing. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, without further ado, ladies and gents, my next guest played three years of solid two-way hockey for the Oshawa Generals of the OHL. So it's no surprise he's he was chosen in the NHL entry draft in the fourth round by the Vancouver Canucks in 2001. After half a dozen years in the minor pro ranks, this left shooting forward had a breakout year in 07-08, scoring 22 goals in just 48 AHL games with 72 penalty minutes to go along with it, establishing himself as an elite power forward pro hockey presence. Injuries would come shortly after, unfortunately, but not before getting called up to the promised land and playing a couple of months for the Carolina Hurricanes in the big show. He is a proud player. A 20-goal trickster, a jubilant general, a radical river rat, a fantastic father, a killer coach. His stats will show he excelled in the O. He was injured like me, and now we're on TV. He played with an edge, and his dad's a legend. He has a brother, you know, who also played in the show. You know the drill. The family has skill. When we're on camera, they say we're rolling. Ladies and gents, it's my buddy, Brandon Nolan. Brandon, welcome to the program. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, buddy. There, maybe we'll just do that. Um, okay. I don't know how much time we have because, as I said, this is probably my 10th time trying to record this particular podcast, although I feel, I feel we're in a decent area. I feel we're going to get this done, but I should take about a half hour of, your, hour of your time if that's okay. First, growing up with your father as a legend, I want to know how that was, first of all, it, it influence and you know, fatherhood and all that stuff. And the Memorial Cup in 93. I don't know how old you were then, but I remember that. I was 15 years old, just gone to Tri-Cities, just felt part of Major Junior, and I saw Sault Ste. Marie win the Memorial Cup. Your dad was the coach. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, man, in 93, I would have been uh, 10, just a uh, diehard, diehard hockey, hockey fan, diehard hockey player. Uh, grew up, grew up out just outside Sault Ste. Marie and uh, Garden River First Nation with my younger brother, Jordan, and my mom, Sandra. Like I said, just loved hockey, just always playing hockey. My father, Ted, uh, built an outdoor rink out in our backyard, which was kind of like the community hangout. So we had, um, you know, all ages were be out there, five-year-olds to 18-year-old, we'd all play the, the way hockey was, I think, meant to be played, just all kind of getting together and showing our skills and developing our skills. Um, so I just I just loved hockey, and it was just kind of like the perfect fit for for growing up in Garden River First Nation. My dad coached in Sault Ste. Marie. I got to go to all the OHL games and seeing the boys in the dressing room and really just probably falling in love with the game even more. You know, on a relative level, my dad was a coach, and that in that time, I find when you're like 10 years old, 11 years old, a lot of your heroes are formed. A lot of my memories, like first big time memories are around that age. So I kind of identify, although he wasn't like coaching Memorial Cup, but Junior B Atlantic Championship, same sort of thing. I know the feeling. Did you expect to get drafted into the OHL? Like what was your trajectory? Were you a hard worker two-way at the time? Were you a dominant minor uh, minor hockey player that you knew you were going to eventually end up in the O? How did Oshawa come to be? Uh, I think I just developed at like a steady pace. I wasn't by any means like a phenom or just, a, I guess, a solid player. Um, I really took hockey very, very serious around age 13, 14. I started running every day. I was a big runner. Felt like it really, really helped with my uh, conditioning. I honestly I never really got tired on the ice. I would just pride myself on being a, a really good conditioned athlete. And, um, you know, did I... Did I want to get drafted? Yeah. Did I expect, you know, I, I don't know. I grew up around hockey, so I could maybe probably thought it was a li little easier than, than what it really was. So um, just, you know, getting drafted to the Oshawa was just a big, big surprise and uh, grateful for the opportunity. And then just kind of just took my career from there. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, did you play ball hockey at all? Did not play ball hockey, no. Wow, I can see. George Gortso speaks highly of you. He's the coach of Team Canada for many years, changed my life, and he's spoken about you. I bet you he tried to get you planned. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. Um, so, Oshawa, a legendary junior hockey place, but one of the top, in my mind, if you take tradition, um, incredible players, fandom, all of the above. I put it up there with, like, Kamloops in the Western League. It's one of the most legendary franchises. So you go there. You get drafted, but I notice your numbers get better, although you're real solid in junior. And your final year, it looks like you, you guys made a bit of a run, 17 points, 13 playoff games. So you're going in. You're going into your pro career now out of Oshawa. You must have felt confident. You're landing in Manitoba. Did you have any idea that were the Canucks they were very verbal with you back? In, or, or did you go to camp? You weren't really sure. I notice... Um, you know, I, I guess the team that drafted you signed you at some point. They must have been happy. What was the whole process transitioning into pro? What was that? What was that about? Uh, just playing in Oshawa. I mean, it was if you talk to anyone that plays junior, it was like the best time of your life. So I absolutely just loved playing junior. Um, you know, no one was making money. So There's no money involved. Everyone kind of just played for the love, trying to make it to the next level. Absolutely love my time in Oshawa. Great coaches, great teammates. Kind of felt like I just progressed like um, – how I wanted to just, you know, slowly progressing with my game, kind of getting it to where I wanted to be. And, and I felt like I was ready for pro. So I made the jump uh, at 19 years old uh, playing for the Manitoba moose. I kind of, when I talk about like my pro, my hockey career, I kind of really like 
two different versions of myself in Oshawa. I was kind of just, you know, pure offense, probably could have been a little more responsible in the defensive end. Didn't really throw any big hits. Didn't, I think I fought once and then pro was just like a huge wake up call. You got to find your game, uh, not being a first rounder, you're not getting, you know, back in that, it was only 15, 20 years ago, but back in that time you weren't getting opportunities. So had to reinvent myself. I think the first year, my first year pro, I think the first couple of months, I swear I never played over two and a half minutes a game. So it was get the puck deep, bang a body and get the heck off the ice. So that was, I, I noticed that. And it's incredible because when you start to get a chance later on, later on being, you know, injury short in career, just a few years, you're talking over 20 goals in like half and three quarters of seasons. So were you frustrated then? Did you know how good you were or in the A when you were starting, was that fine? You know, I'm only getting a few minutes. I got to make the most of this. I mean, you know, you're going to tell yourself that, but did you feel that you could break out and do more? Did you feel cheated or where were you in your mind in the hockey world at that point? I don't know. It's kind of like a fine line between getting cheated and not having an opportunity or, you know, not being ready. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't ready to, to play that certain way and that certain style. But as the years went on, I just really kind of figured out the program game and, what would be best for me in my development, you know, just nice two-way hockey grind fight if I had to. And then I've really only honestly had probably two opportunities in my five years pro one was in the East coast league. I uh, love that coach Ted Dent. And then my last opportunity, really good opportunity was with uh, Tom Rowe with the Albany river rats. He uh, actually started on the fourth line with Trevor Gillies, just same, same way I played four years oh. previous, just banging the bodies and getting in the odd scrap with Trevor um obviously different weight classes but just doing what I could to, to play I love hockey I love the competition aspect of the game I love grinding and then uh just felt like Tom Tom Rowe the head coach kind of gave me more opportunity I got to play with a probably the best player I've ever played with Keith the coin and we just gelled on the offensive end he was more of a passer puck carrier and I, I just I was I think I was pretty smart at getting open had a pretty good shot so we kind of gelled really well together and it was the best year I played uh probably my entire life so now up to this point, which is wild. I mean, those are crazy numbers. Those are superstar AHL scoring numbers. Um, and I'm skipping over a few years. I'm going to get back to Colum- Columbia in the East Coast League because that I've heard that's a blast and you had a good year there. But going ahead. So talking about 07, 08, because, I mean, your best year by far for a lot of reasons, and you got to give it up right away. So were, were there injuries? And eventually we'll get into your concussion. I had one of those or more than one, I guess, but I missed almost a year of my life with it. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but did you have other small injuries like the odd knee, shoulder, ankle leading up to it? Or was it one major uh, setback? Uh, Yeah, I was, I had tons of injuries. I think I probably played a little bigger than what I thought I was. You know, I'm six one, probably one ninety five, but there was guys were just so much bigger and stronger. I think I just kind of, but I know I couldn't go back and change it because if I didn't play that way, I wouldn't have got into the game. I, coming out of junior and playing pro and kind of realizing the game I had to play. I, I, I liked uh, grinding it up. I like getting the corners. I like getting hit. I like giving it a hit. I like getting in the odd scraps. So I just, honestly, I don't think my body was probably meant to be a pro hockey player with the, all the injuries, but I mean, it is what it is. I got, you know, my last concussion was my third documented one. And, and uh, at the age of 25, that was, that, that was it for me. I'd never played pro hockey again after the last concussion. Were you in the NHL when that happened or was it the year that in, you know, you were up and down? Yeah, no, I was up and down that year. That was my last year pro. I was having a re- good year in Albany with the River Rats. And then I was going up and down. Finally realized my dream around Christmas time. 
Uh, and then just two months later, career ended, never, never played again. Well, you know, Ken Dryden, because I mean, we have a lot in common in that, except I, you know, I think, and no offense to you, like you said, when you go in the first round, I think early on, I, I, I had goals set for myself, but I mean, by a lot of other people, you know, and you feel, what's the word from my end, you know, a lot of other people were looking and saying, you know, maybe there's a bit of uh, underachievement, of course, failure. But I remember just thinking, you know, I'm in the NHL. While I was there, I was in my own little, like, and I, I remember like walking around the room going like, no one can take this. Like for today's game, it could fucking end tomorrow, but I'm an NHLer mm-hmm. and I'll never forget that. Did, did you ever, did, did you feel that way? Like you're up in Carolina. It's unfortunate, but if you get injured just a year before, you don't play in the NHL. You, you, and you can always say that. Once an NHLer, always an ex-NHLer. How was that experience, even though bittersweet? Did you get a time to, did you get a chance to savor it? Or was it so fast that you didn't really appreciate it at the time? Yeah, man. Like even we talked about this a couple of days ago when we were just chatting, like really you're only as good as your coach wants you to be. So um, like I said, previous and in your situation, like if you don't get the opportunity to show what you got, you, you have no chance. Um, and we talked about this again earlier, just about coaches like you think they'd hate you, your, your own coach, and your own team that's trying to get the best out of you. Um, so like I said, I had two coaches that that really let me play my game and kind of thrive in the opportunity. But the NHL for me just happened so fast. It was like it was Christmas. I really don't even remember my first game. I kind of just blacked out and just kind of played the game. I actually watched it back for the first time maybe two years ago. And like, I'm not one to talk about myself greatly, but I played, I played a pretty good game. And looking back, I, I did not know I played that good. Um, and then it was Christmas time. And then we played uh, December 26th at MSG. So I'm coming off a couple of days oh, off. So like I was, again, I just got through the game. Don't really remember that one. And then it was just, just a whirlwind. I never really had opportunity to just chill and relax. Uh, I played five games in five nights. I went like Wednesday to Sunday, it was minors, NHL minors, NHL minors. Oh, oh, oh. So that was like uh, late January, ended up getting a little hurt. And you know how it is when you're going up and down, you, you oh, can't, yeah. you, you can't come out of the lineup. So kind of played injured. And it was just like that month and a uh, two, three month period was just a whirlwind. I remember a slight moment. It's weird of satisfaction when it was like midway through the second period and I'm skating around going, okay. Like, and you almost feel like part of this wheel that's turning like, I remember going, oh, and then just being in the right position, the pass coming on my stick, dumping it in. I'm like, oh, I'm part of this. Like, I can hang in the NHL. I remember, like, because until that point, you're, like, wondering. And now you look back. I mean, if you just do your job. But I remember thinking there was a real click. Wow, this is wild. I can play in the show. So um, I just need to ask you now about your time in the East Coast League. It was only one year. Columbia, was that a good play? I, I've heard it's unreal. And you must have been relaxed. You had a great year points-wise. Set, reset you for getting back up. Talk about the experience a little bit. I mean, there's hockey and then there's unbelievable weather. Sometimes there's a mix of both, which I get a sense. Uh, so tell us about it. Oh, East Coast League was unbelievable. Just great guys. It's kind of like junior, but playing pro and making a little bit of money. Like we weren't making much by any means, but once money gets involved, I kind of feel like the game kind of loses yeah. its, its, I don't know, just something about it. It's just not the same, but the East Coast League, no one was making big money. And it was just, we were just, we were, we were a junior hockey team, but men, and it was just, playing hockey we lived uh just outside campus of the south carolina gamecocks so we'd go to basketball games football games uh we'd actually go to practice and our rink was uh attached to classroom so we'd 
go after practice, we'd go eat like lunch with the students. So they kind of thought like we were part of the university, which we, we had no affiliation, but it was just an amazing town. And I was there on and off for about two and a half years between there and Manitoba Moose. And outside of junior East Coast League was by far like my most fun place to play in. You know, I, I played a bit in the coast too, and I love. I think, yeah, with the, when you take money out of the equation, it, it, it's impossible in the NHL. You know, not. I'm surprised this is as much of a team game as it is because everybody's there, and you know, you're talking about the difference between millions of dollars, and it is still say what you want. It is still one of the biggest team games. I mean, you can sacrifice by punching a guy in the face and blocking a hundred mile an hour shot. Um, but you know, you get down to the coast and, and junior and there's no worries. And it seems like everybody gets along better. Okay. So you finished now. I know you're doing three Nolans now with your brother and your father, I believe maybe I'm wrong. I just assumed that much. Got some good gear today too, but a hat and a t-shirt. Tell us about that after, but how long did that take? Cause I'm guessing if you're done at 25, 26, you didn't really expect that. And like me, I, you know, if it wasn't the NHL, I figured I'd be playing in Europe for ten, at least another 10 years. What did you do when you first came back? Um, and, how long did it take to start this uh, three Nolans program you got now? And, and what do you exactly do? They're hockey schools. Where do you go and how does one get involved? Yeah, it took a while. Um, like I said, I, my career ended at the age of 25. Uh, had about two, two and a half years of pretty bad symptoms where, you know, I couldn't really go to the mall. I couldn't go to a movie, let, bright, mm. bright, uh, bright lights, loud exactly, noises. Exactly, dude. The bright Just, lights was me having to wear yeah. a hat down over my head and pull it in and pressure on my head and going around like this. Yep. So that was like two, two and a half years of, of that, which was not, uh, not fun and really wouldn't wish anyone didn't really have a good time during those two and a half periods. And then just kind of snapped out of it and thinking about what I'm going to do. Cause as you, as you know, when you go play pro when you're 19 years old, you don't, you have no education past high school. So went back to, uh, went back to college, mm. uh, got a, got a degree through, um, you through fucking kidding me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> went back to school at the age of 27 or 28. Wow. Um, and then just kind of just started my career. I took some odd jobs with some consulting firms. I worked with the, uh, Ontario government on the Aboriginal side, uh, you know, took jobs that I didn't want to, but I wasn't really qualified to be picky. So just, uh, even like being here shooting this show, like I'll, I'll do anything, man. I'm not too proud to do any job. So I would take any job, uh, early on in my career and then just going to uh, certain events and seeing search with certain situations just kind of came up with the idea with along with my younger brother and my father Ted to uh, find ways to get back to indigenous communities and that kind of launched uh, three Nolan's first nation hockey school where we we've seen uh, 2,500 youth come through our program now since uh, 2013 um, do a lot of keynote speeches a lot of charity events in our communities across Canada and then we launched a clothing line uh, back in 2016 which uh, part of the proceeds go back to that program as well I'm wearing a shirt and a hat. I'm not just saying it. Uh, they're absolutely top-notch quality. Couldn't get any better in, uh, well, wherever. Um, so how do people buy this stuff? And trust me, people, you're not just donating. This is fucking wicked gear. Yeah, you can go to our main website at uh, www.3nolans.com. Uh, you'll see an apparel tab there. You'll also see information on my father, Ted, my younger brother, Jordan, myself um all the socials facebook instagram you can follow us on there i'm trying to journey uh journey our little our, our lives here and trying to keep everyone up to date and posted and really it's just all about um inspiring the next generation of indigenous youth and you know i, I learned a lot from my from my mother and my father ted about 
about giving back and being a positive influence in our communities. And, and without them, I def, I wouldn't even be close to where I am today. Just, uh, you know, it's not, it's not about, you know, being some superstar or some, and like, that's like the furthest thing away from our minds. It's just about, you know, being a good person and giving back where you can. And, and if we can do that, I'll feel like I lived a pretty good life. I get the sense of that. You guys are good leaders. I, I haven't met your father outside of a, in, uh, after a game, I was doing the color for the St. John's Fog Devils about 15 years ago. He was coaching junior, I think Moncton. And I wanted to, and if you can believe it, I, 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 I couldn't find my tongue. I, I was speechless. Anyway, I wanted to meet him. I, I, he worked with Tommy Coolen, a legendary coach in Newfoundland. My dad speaks highly of him, hopefully one day. But I do get the sense he's a leader. I know you and your brother are. Do you mind answering a few questions? Just rapid fire randoms be about another five or ten minutes. Is this all right? Okay, here we go. We are back. I can't believe this is still working. Okay, this is our spot, a little corner in a cranny room in the Sudbury Radisson. This works. Okay. Because it's been uh, a lot of trial and error here. Okay. Rapid fire randoms. Here we go. Brandon Nolan, what would your death row meal be? You got one meal left. You're going to get hung tomorrow because you've done something real bad. What's the meal? Just pizza. I love pizza. What kind, love pizza. what kind of pizza? Uh, pizza with salami or a little bit of honey, black olives. Big, big pizza guy. So this question's coming later. I might as well ask now, what does pineapple go on a pizza? Oh, hell yeah. Jeez. <laughs> one sec. Uh, spill coffee over myself. Okay. Would you go into space if given the opportunity? No, the unknowns are too high out there. <laughs> hey, fair enough. I think I, I, I say I would, but when it came down to it, I don't know. I don't like heights. I don't like going up in the CN Tower. I don't know what I'd be like up there. Uh, full line all time. You get to play with, not your favorite, but you get to play with four other players, two forwards and two D from all time. So for me, for example, I loved Lemieux and Gretzky, but I think maybe I'd put Eric Lindros that, uh, between one of them because ideally I'd love to have a player like that on my line who can hit, finish, and then set up the other one. Oh, geez. Center has got to be, uh, for me, Steve Eisman, favorite player growing up. Absolutely loved him. Mm. Uh, then I'll put, I'll be left wing. I'll put Chris Simon on my right. Nice pick. Nice and protected. Uh, he can still put the puck in the net. Yeah, yeah. And then 2D would be, I love Drew Doughty. I just love his jam. I love everything about the way he plays. He's old school. And then uh, let's go, oh, Nick Lidstrom. Okay. That's fucking great lineup. Uh, would you change your name to Pippi McPip for $24 million? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Pippi McPip forever, though. Oh, but I mean, I'd do it for yeah. a million dollars. <laughs> I, I, th I think I would, too. Yeah, you're right. You'd be surprised. Some people say no. Although I don't know if I've asked that specific question. You, to be honest with you, I take an edible or smoke half a joint the night before and come up with these, and they've been festering. <laughs> your favorite jersey ever in any sport? There's that you could not to have on your wall. Just that's a cool jersey. I'd love to wear it. Uh, oh man, I I honestly love the Oshawa Generals jersey, just old school. And then I love um, when my brother was in LA. They brought back the retro LA Kings, like the the yellow and the purple. I absolutely love that one. That is deadly. I you know what? I'm where would that go? I I like the Chicago. I wonder will that? I don't. I mean, I get the tomahawk chop and stuff, but as a member of the indigenous community, the Chicago doesn't. Have, is, is there mumbling that that offends anybody? Uh, no, because they kind of more honored uh, the area, okay. but uh, certain other things like 
the Redskins and whatnot is a total different issue. Totally, I understand that. I understand. Uh, and if it offends anybody, then why even have it, right? I love all these people who get upset, but I'm like, if it offends anybody, then why not change it? Why do I care if it's the Washington Redskins? Yeah. But yeah, I figured, and I love the Blackhawks emblem. I love the jersey. I love the color scheme. The stripes are a little bit different. They got a decent tradition, although my favorite uh, ever. I think that was uh, my father Ted's first game was in the old Chicago arena. So, oh, really? Yeah, he, uh, he's, he loved going there. A legendary fucking place to play. Uh, do you have do you use a wallet or a money clip? Uh, I use an elastic and I wrap uh, my health card, Visa, debit, and uh, one other card in there. That's it. An elastic. I never, how did I not think of that? Because uh, that was actually for my own personal, <laughs> I hate the wallet and my money clips always, I uh, always lose them. If you're a DJ, not, well, not if you are a DJ, you're forced to be a DJ this particular weekend. You're going to make good money at this club downtown called the grand. Are you going to go by, you got to pick one of the three and you got to be this person for at least one year. DJ Braino, DJ Jazzy Jim or BB skills. No, BB skills for sure. Uh, my father and my family called me B growing up. So BB oh, scales, a uh, natural fit there. Didn't realize that uh, you can change one hockey rule. What would it be? Bring back the red line. I'll probably get roasted for that. A lot of, a lot of the high offense guys love that, but I think they should bring it back. The game in my opinion is getting a bit too fast. And I kind of like the old school hockey. I agree. I, I really do. And I will add, I will add, I love Ovechkin. I hope he breaks and it becomes the best scorer ever. But McDavid, I think, is a great player. Fucking unreal. But all these people who are crowning before and, and they look back and, you know, they say, well, Lemieux and Gretzky, just to name a couple. I mean, Eisenman scored like crazy, but those guys were on another planet. Yeah, well, the goalies sucked. But I'm like, A, not everybody was getting those numbers. And B, imagine if you could hook and hold and there was a red line, like, you know, and there was overtime. If there was overtime three on three, those guys wouldn't come off. Lemieux would have an extra, however many games they went into overtime, that's how many extra points he would have. I think that's why the pure hockey purists still love playoff hockey, right? Like it's the way it's supposed to be played. Like regular season is just, it's one thing. And then playoff hockey is like the purists and the old school guys kind of just fall back in love with the game. That's a great way to put it. And that's why it's my favorite hockey to watch. There's a happy medium, right? And I, uh, in the, in the playoffs, you're seeing it. Uh, every time you walk on a sidewalk for the rest of your life, a song gets played. So it's like a baseball walk-up song, but every time you walk, so, you know, bad to the bone, would you want to be like, or maybe an Eric church? Like, what would you? Yeah. Something country for sure. Like Eric church, uh, Alan Jackson, Ricky Skaggs, something like that. So by extension, you can have dinner with one of these people. Actually, probably you probably actually could. So I was going to say right now, tonight, we're going for dinner. One of these people is going to be there with just you and me, and we're going to have a great conversation. Connor McDavid, Robert De Niro, or Eric Church? Oh, geez. Pro- I mean, probably Robert De Niro just for pure entertainment and past stories and career. And McDavid seems a bit dry. And Eric Church, I've been to his concert, so I've kind of heard him. Yeah, and De Niro... You got to figure he's the one that you're not going to cut. Like, I'm going to go to another Eric Church concert. We might come across Connor McDavid. I mean, you know, it's not totally unrealistic, but I can't see any world where I'd actually meet Robert De Niro. So that would be my pick as well. Your favorite age ever. If you could go back and live one year over and over again, actually, that would be hell living one year over and over again. But let's just say your favorite age ever. If you could go in a time machine every night and visit one year, 
what year would it be? Probably like when I was maybe nine or 10, just playing on the outdoor rink, no responsibilities, getting mom to make my, all my dinners, get me hot chocolate. Uh, just that age was just awesome. Just like I said, no responsibilities and just loving life for what it was. Your favorite instrument? Can't play, but I love the guitar. I asked you earlier about pizza. What's your absolute favorite pizza? Uh, salami pizza with uh, olives and a little bit of honey drizzled on it. We came across honey. I forget where me and my, my wife were, and it was just like a game changer. I have never, nor will I ever, hear that answer again. I can't wait to try it. I've never heard honey, nor I've heard of, did you say anchovies or olives? Uh, olives. Actually, it wow. was, uh, if you go to Toronto, we, we actually, I remember now, we got the honey idea from uh, King Taps in Toronto. Okay, I'm going to try it. Would you rather be Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader? No. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Luke Skywalker. Big Star Wars fan. Uh, I'm playing the game now on PS4. It's unbelievable. Oh, Battle, so Battlefront 2. Yes. It's fucking unbelievable. I can't believe no one talks about it. Um, it's just like the movie, like living in Star Wars. Uh, you had to give up one of these things. Cheese, steak, wine, or blue jeans the rest of your life? Oh, blue jeans. Easy. I don't wear much anymore. Okay. Uh, how many stitches do you think you have overall in your body? Uh, somewhere around 30-ish. Would you chop off your left thumb and attach it to your elbow for $127 million? It's, it's always got to be there. <laughs> it's a lot of money, so probably. It is. <laughs> I know I would. It'd be really weird, but it's $127 million. Fuck. You know? Tune everything out. Um, what sport would you play if not hockey? Oh, easy golf. I love golf. Huge golf fan. Love watching golf. Copy that. What ingredients go on a hot dog? Ketchup and mustard. How many times have you eaten a veggie burrito? Zero. How many times have you eaten a fish burger? Under five. How many times have you eaten a triple burger? That's three fucking patties. Over 50. <laughs> Wow, that's a good answer. Uh, have you ever owned a sports car? No, I don't like them. You can either tour with ACDC or be in a movie with Robert De Niro. Which one are you going to pick? Ooh, tour with... Oh, that'd be kind of too wild, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll sit with De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where do you see yourself as a 75-year-old grandpa? Oh, I like to think happy and healthy, but I think I'm going to be a grumpy old man. And finally, for the last question of the day, thank fuck we got through this podcast. Finally, do you have any advice for any young indigenous players? And I guess I will extend that. doesn't have to be hockey players. You're a role model in the community. Do you have, and now you're an actor. Now you're an actor. Uh, you know, and I did before that fucking question, what does it feel like to be an actor? And then tell me about the, the leader of the indigenous community, what advice you would have. But did you ever see yourself here? I certainly didn't. And I'm you know, involved in the industry, but we're very fortunate. We're in the show. If, if, if I haven't explained it 10 times already called Shorzy and we both found us ourselves here in, in a very, I don't want to say lucky man, cause you work hard for what you get, but we are very fortunate. Not everybody gets to just be offered a role in a fucking TV show that I think will be a hit. How did you find yourself here? First of all, before we end, I just got, got contacted through our website uh, from one of the producers. And I honestly thought it was a joke. <laughs> I talked to my, I talked it was to my a joke too. I did too. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get back to this person, but got back <laughs> and just like, it's been amazing. It's been like the perfect fit to, to be in a hockey role. And 
the the dressing room like we've been like a team like the cast has just been yeah. it's kind of like just kicking it back like 20 years ago and being in the room with the boys and honestly like it couldn't be a better fit for the for the role it's phenomenal i wish we could talk more we can't give anything away but in spring 2022 crave tv is uh i hope gonna light up because this this really does feel like we're part of something special it feels like the beginning of the year when you're on a team that might be able to win the championship you know that's what at least what it feels like to me and finally Without further ado, tell me what, I guess, any advice you have for some young indigenous hockey players, non-hockey players alike. Uh, same as what we go to any community or event with indigenous youth, just, man, just dream, uh, you know, be a good person and, and really just work hard. Whether it's you want to be a janitor, whether you want to be a hockey player, whether you want to be a doctor, just just find ways to work hard and, and, and honestly find ways to get back. Because I just feel for my family, in my opinion, just it's everyone's uh, job in this life to give back. And, and that's not necessarily money that that could be time. That could be, you know, just, just giving back in some capacity, find ways to give back uh, to certain situations or certain organizations or certain people. And for us, it's uh, indigenous people. Okay. There it is. Bino, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for being my guest on tales with TR. And uh, I guess I'll see you in about 45 minutes when we have to go and, Wait for another few hours, get our hair and makeup done, and then uh, we'll be rolling. We'll be rolling. we got to play NHL 22. <laughs> yeah, we do. we got NHL 22 here. We're going to play that tonight. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Good job, bud. We'll uh, catch you in a little bit, and uh, I'll be right back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And there you have it, folks. That was uh, a little seat of my pants. Thanks a lot to Brandon Nolan. I, like I said, I had Nasty coming on. We'll get him on again, but it's, we started it three times in one day. Uh, last week, we started a couple. They didn't. So I, I gave him a break. I didn't want to really ask him again for more time. Um, but uh, and you want to keep it fresh. So I just figured nasty. We'll do it another time. Brandon was nice enough on like a half hour notice. I'm just sitting there in the hotel room. He's literally across, across the way. We went for a bite to eat today. And I said, you know, we got two hours before we got to be there. Bino, can, do you mind coming up? And um, he said, no sweat. I bought a couple of shirts. It's a honestly, this this gear is unreal. The hats and the shirts, the three Nolans, highly recommended. And the money goes to a good spot. They're not greedy people. And a large portion goes back um, to the various organizations that they work with. A lot of it with the indigenous community one way or another. And uh, this show is going to be fucking awesome for that, too, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of diversity and, uh, you know, say what you want. That's been needed. That's been needed. And I've worked with I work with some indigenous groups at home, uh, largely the Innu uh, of of Natwashish, Sheshashi. And I know how important role models are in, in that community. Um, I've brought up everything from Aaron Ashram's hockey gloves, uh, Sheldon Surrey's stick, and they go crazy for it. So eventually I hope to get the three Nolans um, out to Newfoundland and we can do some clinics, not just with the indigenous communities, but I'd love to go up to Labrador and the kids that I worked with. Like I said, from Natwashish, formerly, formerly Davis Inlet, and um, Sheshashi, because I know how they respond to leaders within the community and these guys are leaders to say the least 
Brandon, think, did you hear how, how, how respected and professional he is? Look at his numbers. His career got cut short. That was 07, 08. And in 10, 11, his brother was coming into the league and won a Stanley Cup in his first year. We'll have him on soon, Jordan Nolan. Outside of that, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, check out Wedgwood Cafe if you're home. Wedgwood Cafe on Elizabeth Avenue also does a lot of catering. My buddy Peter Wedgwood. Check that out. Uh, shout out to my buddy Blair Connolly. I know you're listening. You're one of my best friends in the world. And uh, hang in there, buddy. Love you. Um, TJ's. Check it out. George Street. Green Sleeves downtown, uptown. Trinity Pub. All uh, great spit places to go out and have a beer, bite to eat. Uh, DraftKings, I don't talk about them enough, but uh, outside of the little advertisement that they do on here, but uh, thanks a lot for coming on board and sticking with us. I'm sure that being attached to such a professional organization helps me slash us get listeners. And, um, you know, I was going to keep talking, but I think I'll leave it at that, people. I'm, to say busy is an understatement. I'm glad we could get this in at all. Um, and, uh, it's an, it's an interesting ride. Uh, that's the last thing I'll say, you know, when, when this show comes out in the spring, it's fun, uh, doing TV shows is always going to be a little bit of fun, spontaneous work, just the right amount of nervous energy. You never really know how it's going to turn out, but I'm telling you, like Brandon said, this feels like a hockey team. We're just not going out and actually, and not only that, we, we are playing, we're playing. It's just scripted, but you know, we're, we're in the hotel together. We're in the dressing room together. We're doing stunts together. We, we, you know, it, it, it's a, like I've always said, team success spills over in everyday life. And this is a wild, wild concoction of the two meeting perfectly down the middle. Um, hockey players learned in a hockey dressing room coming together to do something else, but as hockey players. So there's a lot of meta reality going on. I'm just unbelievably fortunate to be a part of it. Tune in in the spring. Uh, I got some questions from you guys. I'm sorry. I can't get to all of them. And uh, I just got to go. I just don't have enough time this week. I appreciate you tuning in though. And for all the patience, we will have John Nasty Morasti on at some point soon. We'll also have Jordan Nolan on at some point soon. And hopefully we can twist Jared Kiso's arm sometime soon. Who knows? Love you guys. Appreciate you tuning in, and I'll catch you on the rebound. See you all next week.